Welcome back to this black ass podcast with your 420 bestie, Highness Queen Jazzy, me. I just want to say thank you for tuning in to this second episode of Bluntly Black Girls, where we normalize and destigmatize seeing black women consuming cannabis. Because we get high and we really don't give a fuck what you think about it. Like, period. That's it. That's all. We don't care what you think about it. <laughs> if you haven't listened to episode one, first go do that. Because episode one was fire. It was with my best friend, uh, Aquina of A. Lachey Photography. And we talked about Insecure and season four and the finale and all the feels that it took us through. And just the emotional toll that it took on our life that day. It took such an emotional toll that it took us a couple weeks to even be able to post an episode because we had to deal with our internal feelings about everything. And it, look, I'm still confused, okay? I still feel some type of way, but we're going we gonna to let that go right now. We're going to let that go. So go ahead and go over. Listen to episode one. Let me know what you think. You know, give us your feedback. How did you feel about the Insecure season finale? Did you, how'd you feel about season four in total? Because you obviously see that I had some strong feelings about Molly. We'll just leave it at that. So, good. You back? You with us? We're back. Listen to episode one. Let me know how you felt about it. And we talked a little bit about Molly and Issa because, you know, shit got crazy. And I can't even touch on the, on the Lawrence thing because too much, too much. So let us proceed. <laughs> Today's highness queen is my childhood friend, Sophia. Uh, Sophia and I have been friends since first grade, which is a long ass time, like 24 years, almost 25. Like that's crazy to still have a friend after 25 years. That's absolutely insane. Um, but she is black and Puerto Rican woman who proudly consumes and supports cannabis. So today's session, uh, we smoked through the topic of being mixed race during today's civil unrest and just dealing with racism um, and being biracial and all the feels that go with that and growing up with that and the journey of self-identification. Um, we talk a little bit about hot-ass Arizona because that is where she is living and it's hot as hell and tacos specifically street tacos um, and also introduce two new segments um, I have the giggle section where we tell a funny story and our highlight section where we will highlight a woman of color business and um, I just want to make sure to preface that the highlight section will be open to all women of color not just black women um, because I just really feel like we have to uplift our sisters um, even our sisters that may not be sisters, I'm all for supporting women-owned businesses, especially women of color-owned businesses. So this one's a little bit more heavy, but, you know, we still talk about some things that, you know, definitely need to be touched on and talked about. And I just hope that maybe this helps somebody, you know, that hears it and helps them feel a little bit more okay in whatever it is that they're going through. So this one's a little bit heavier, so y'all make sure you spark up the blunt, and let's get into this smoke session. Okay, so 
let me introduce who came to smoke with me today. It's my longtime friend, my girl, Highness Queen, Capricorn Princess, the one, the only, <laughs> Sophia. Okay, this is... <laughs> Yeah, that was her. She she helped me write her introduction, and I was like, "Ooh, yes!" All the names came through with the Capricorn Princess, though. <laughs> this is my friend from. We've literally. I thought about it last night. Like we have known each other since first grade. Like literally since I was twenty six. Twenty six. Since I was six years old. So. Almost our whole fucking life. That is insane to know somebody that long I and. Yesterday too, man. Right, and still be cool. Like that's crazy. So, um, let's see. Sophia is a fellow smoker and just a really good friend that came to talk about some shit with us today. You know, get high and uh, have a little quick smoke sesh. So, how have you been? How's your, your mental health? How's your week been? Um, I'm, you know, pretty good. There's a lot of moving parts going on right now. Um, buying a house and, uh... Adulting at its finest. Look at you. <laughs> Dude, I can't even think about a house right now. I'm just trying to make sure rent's paid next month. <laughs> yep. It's, I mean, it's still like that. Um, but, you know, just that, that big move here in Arizona, just leaving everything behind. Uh, just really push. You know, everything's cheaper. It's easier. Slow pace. Like, it? I just like feel like I'm on vacation sometimes. It's nuts. But we're still working hard, of course, and sacrificing and saving a bunch of money but it's just so cheap that you could just do that you can actually save money um no but yeah i'm doing good just kind of trying to go through all the motions with the big move and getting everything organized but very different from bay area yep it is black and white it's completely it's just way more chill i mean way more hot that is like i I was only like 102 today. Only 102. <laughs> <laughs> I get upset when we get to 76. Like, <laughs> I cannot, I don't do well in heat. I went with my cousins. Me and my cousins went to um, uh, New Orleans last year in July. And mm-hmm. yeah, look, I went, I had a fan that yeah, hung around. Was, like muggy, sticky. Oh, it was, it like, was, it Dry heat ain't no better. Dry heat ain't no better. No better. There was literally a... Because you can escape it. You can't escape that muggy feel. You can be, like, outside and still be cool. There's... You could you be outside and cool. you have, like, cook an egg on the ground. That is too much. <laughs> I cannot. No. 102 is not going to do that. That's not... No. It'll be hotter than that. It, it does it in my it, head. <laughs> you can use to it though like right now like a 102 that's that's an okay day 95 it's like our new 75 i don't even i don't even have words day. to respond to that <laughs> i do not even have words <laughs> but i do appreciate the saving and being able to buy a house and feel like you know everything's a lot slower i can definitely appreciate that the only part i can't get with is the heat it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But mind you, not all Arizona's like that. I'm on, you know, the west part, you know, west of Phoenix, and it's all newer developments and just newer places. So that's why it's a little bit of a slower pace. But if you go Phoenix and, like, east a little bit more, 
those cities have been there already. So they're hustling, bustling. It's just like the city. But we moved over to a, a quieter side and uh, just kind of got away from all that. It's worth it because you get used to the heat. Once you feel 115, you welcome. 115? <laughs> For 115 and 95, I'll take 95. Just saying. I'll take death because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like sounds like you were frying yourself in a frying pan. No, man. That's crazy. Um, so that's good. It's good to hear. You know, in the midst of all of everything that's going on, and because um, you're working from home, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I know I'm working from home, and I'm kind of, not kind of. I very much am getting sick of looking at my room, and I love my room. My room. I moved <laughs> into this room, and I, like, was very particular about how I decorated it and how I filled the space, and I made it literally my oasis. I love my room. No, I'm sick of my room. I don't want to see these walls anymore. <laughs> I need other walls. In oh, other man. places. But, you know, <laughs> I'm still here. Oh, man. But are I do, you supposed to be going back or are they just going to keep you at home? Uh, Right now, we're probably going to be at home. They keep extending it out. But when we talk to our managers, they say, you know, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Which, I mean, our, how my building is set up and where I physically sit is mm-hmm. like a fishbowl. So there's no way that they could have, literally, like, it's a room inside of a room that has two doors. And so there's no way that they could have us six feet apart. And then on top of it, you're in this, like, enclosed space. Like, look, let me stay home. So I want to stay home because that's the the only other option at the point. But I'm still sick in my room. (laughs) But, you know. I guess it's better than I wait. I start work at 6. I wake up at 5.50. And I brush my teeth. And I turn on my computer. And, yeah. 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 That's the kind of commute that I like. So I can't be. I can't add that. There's a lot more to be happy about than there is to complain about. But I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's still a lot of uh, (coughs) negativity out there coming from all different directions so oh definitely it's, but you just because you focus on the good and you're happy in it though doesn't mean you're ignoring the issues either so it's always good to have a balance of knowing to make sure you still appreciate what is happening that's good even though you do recognize and may be affected by you know what's happening in the world at the same time like some people would feel guilty you know what i mean yeah I, I think that's why it's so important to, and I like, I wanted to make sure that I always ask, you know, how has your mental health been? Because especially in black communities, minority communities, like mental health is seen as a stigma. And really, I feel like that's a question you should be, you should be greeting your friends and family with every time you see them, like just doing that quick check-in with somebody can mean a huge huge difference in one how their day goes or how they view themselves or just feeling like they matter to somebody anybody so especially in times like now where things are just literally shit has hit the fucking fan the world is on fire the 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 aliens are coming next because that's about the only thing else that can happen (laughs) because shit's just gone fucking haywire so now, yeah, I, especially. I don't even have words anymore for all of 
for what we're every day. I'm like, really? This part of history that we're in, it's I have no words. Right. You've seen that have you seen that meme where it says whoever is playing the game of Jumanji, give the dice to somebody else. (laughs) Because you are fucking up. You are fucking up. I was dying when I read that. <laughs> um, so let's do a quick rundown. What are we smoking today? You want to go first? No, you go first. Okay. Um, today I was looking out of my pen because the dab. I don't know what I don't I don't know like what's the technical name for a dab. The dab thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's getting cleaned right now by the roommate. So, um, I'm smoking my pen, and this is a cartridge by Driven. It's called Create, um, and it's pretty good. I just opened it. It has a nice little flavor. I don't believe it's live resin. I think it is just regular, whatever that means. Um, and then I also took a fruit chew from Chalice Farms for energy because I am so, so tired. And, but I wanted to make sure I was ready for this. So I doubled up on my energy drink and my energy edible. It tastes like a, a look, we got to do what we got to do. <laughs> yep. So that's what I have. The edible, the little, it's like, um, what are those? Uh, now and later. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like a now and later. Um, and my pen. So if you hear me cough in the background, just don't, don't mind that. Yeah, that's good you for sure. Um, I got, I use our bong today. It's a silicone one. Silicone? Silicone? silicone. I think that's one of those tomato to model things. <laughs> Whatever. Not a glass one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's dope. It has like an ice catcher so you can put a couple cubes of ice in the thing um, just to kind of reduce how much it burns. But I put a pineapple train wreck in there today. Uh, so a little bit of like calming energy. I know that's contradicting, but it's, it's a pain reliever and it's an energizer for pineapple express and train wreck pain reliever. So it's going to calm you down a little bit, but you can still be productive. Is that a, um, indica or sativa? Huh? Um, or hybrid. It's it's a hybrid, but it's sativa dominant. Okay. Yeah. I can't. I stay away from Indica as much as possible because I'll be out. And when I say out, like dead oh, no, to too. the world in five <laughs> minutes and nothing like else is getting done. I'm like that with Jack Kush. It just like a light. It just puts me out. Yeah. Um, I have like, I, <laughs> I have one like uh, less than an eighth of an Indica that's been sitting in my room for I don't even know how long. Because I only use it at night. And I only hit it a couple times. And then I, I don't need it anymore because I'm done. I'm asleep. I'm out. Right. So I normally stick to the sativa or the... I'll, sometimes I'll do a hybrid, but definitely sativa dominant. Because anything else... I've actually been drugged a few <laughs> times. I tell people I can't do indica. Oh, yeah. And then they tell me after like the third time that I've hit the blunt. Oh, yeah, that was indica. Really? Now I'm going to go to sleep. What if I had things to do today? <laughs> And it never fails because every time I just, I pass out. 10 minutes later, I'm done. I'm like, yep, nothing else is happening today. Oh, my God. 
I just can't believe how unreal. Like, this is like a, we went back in time right now. I know, because it's been so long, like, since we really sat down and, like, talked and had a conversation outside of just, like, a random, hey, happy birthday, or hey, how you been text. Man, you grow up and shit gets crazy, and you just, I don't want to say separate, because I don't feel like we really separated. We just kind of... Nothing's ever really changed. Yeah, like... Even, like, if there's a gap in how often we see each other, the next time we see each other, it's just the same anyways. I haven't felt any difference as, you know, in a negative way because of the gap. And I feel like that's, like, that's the... That's the definition in like a, a sign of a, like a real true friendship. Like there's no awkwardness. There's no like, oh my gosh. Because let me tell you, I hit this girl up and I said, hey, this is my idea. I want you to come on and this is what I'm going to talk about. And the enthusiasm though, like it was so nice. It felt so good. Like I'm very much battling imposter syndrome. It is a huge, huge, huge problem for me. But I'm like, we're going to do this anyways. And like, just to get that uh, vote of confidence from somebody who you don't talk to every single day, it really helps to kind of push you in the right direction and like keep you motivated. So, man, so happy. So tell me. You have the same place in my heart that you always had. I know that's corny, but we've known each other since kids. Right. Uh, you're the same place in my house all the time, so I'm always rooting for you and, um, you know, everything that you go after. I'm always like, go, you know, go, girl, like, get it. See? And always just your little cheerleader on the side. Um, Let me know, tell y'all. directly be involved with anything, I'm still, you know, hope you make it to the top kind of thing. So I, I'm excited to actually be involved in something that you're doing. So, I don't know. I thought it was really dope that... Um, you know, that you asked me to be a part of the show. Well, of course. And thank you, darling. Let me tell y'all, go get y'all a group of real friends like this one right here and you'll be straight. You'll be set. You'll be on your way to greatness because every person needs those people pushing them behind them, telling them, you know, like you said, that cheerleader. So go get you a Sophia because this one's mine. One and only. Yeah. The intro. Yeah, because this one's mine. You can't have this one. <laughs> Sometimes people need to hear it. Even if they do know, like sometimes it's still something nice to hear. Like, yeah, you know it, but it's nice to hear it from that person. Right. Yes, yes. So tell, let's talk about your relationship with cannabis. Let's, how how long have you been smoking? So, Sometime in high school, I don't remember what what year in high school. Um, I hit my first blunt was not a great experience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was what it was. It was mad munchies though. Like it was not my arm just constantly feeding me snacks. So, like that was quite a thing. Just a phantom um, arm feeding you Doritos. <laughs> no, I think it was was it hot it was Cheetos. Yeah, or the hot fries. Maybe it was the hot fries. That you like then, literally uh, always had a bag of. I smoked a couple times in high school. 
not so much in college. Um, it's been a couple years being married, so that wasn't really an option um, due to him wanting to be a part of the police department. So you can't be associated with people who, you know, smoke and do whatever other substances. So for like eight years, I didn't smoke at all. And then I met my man that I have now, and he taught me all types of stuff. Like, I just didn't even know where things. Like, I went learned a whole new world. Um, so I was just, I felt like I was a baby, you know? <laughs> and I was just, like, learning even basic stuff. And Starting all over. So it's definitely um, part of my regular, regular life. So try to balance it out, though. Just make sure that it's not something I, I start to need. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, why do you think you smoke? Like, do you smoke just to relax? Do you smoke, you know, to be creative? What do you think are like the reasons, like that you say, "Oh, let me light up a blunt or smoke a joint." Um, I think it's a combination of everything. There's days where you have aches and pains, and so you pick not you, but you would pick an indica or something like well, that. Yeah. You know, just kind of <laughs> relax the muscles, or you know, just be able to stretch a little better um well i don't know because i mean pain we all you know that has not changed i still don't do well with pain so the best solution may be to just knock my ass out with some indica and just go to sleep and hopefully when we wake up the pain is gone just try to do some like stretches or something to try to release some of the tension while your muscles are kind of loose and then knock out yeah that's my (laughs) that's the best part different reasons it could just be because i haven't in like a week or however long or um then that's just the vibe for the day or that's i'm trying to drink and smoke you know it's a weekend so we're gonna do something um it's a combination so things i got a headache or you know i got too much in my mind i'm not gonna be able to sleep so it depends so recreational and medicinal use I like, I like, I like a full, well-rounded appreciation of cannabis and trees. Um, I want to, let's talk about our high blessings. Now, the high blessing section is where we give um, our daily affirmations or, and or manifestations. Um, I just really think that positive self-talk is very important, especially literally verbalizing it out loud um, instead of just in your head uh, is really transformative for the soul. And so I'm trying to implement uh, daily daily affirmations in my daily routine. So I wanted to bring them here and um, I call them our high blessings because that's what we want. We want um, all the blessings and great things that are meant for us to be given to us, right? And before us. So do you want to do yours first or are you, nope, shaking ahead, no, okay. <laughs> so I will go ahead and do my uh, high blessings for today. Um, there are more affirmations. I tend to do more affirmations than manifestations, um, but you know, to each his own. So today I affirm that I push through any storm I affirm I am more than enough. I affirm wealth over riches, but that my bills are paid. And if you can throw a vacation in there too, I would like to affirm that. A well-funded, without trauma vacation would be just, you know, the little icing on the cake. 
Um, I affirm that I trust myself. I affirm that I believe in my journey and I walk with my held high. My head held high. Ooh, that was that was a doozy. Right. <laughs> um, and lastly and always, I affirm I am and always will be that bitch. <laughs> yes. That's me. Oh. Nice. Thank you. And what are your affirm your high blessings for the day, Sophia? Um mine's not as elaborate as and beautifully put as yours. Well, you know, I'm always extra, so <laughs> but um I don't know if this is the right thing here, but you know, just stay true to who I am and what I'm trying to accomplish with my life and uh continue to put good energy out there into the world because it's not a lot of it out there right now. So, you know, the more good energy in the air, you know, the less negative energy and the more everyone can be who they are and love and support each other. Um, and then just always be grateful for that good and that bad in my life, whether it's something happening out in the world or in my life and someone around me. Um, it's just another thing to <laughs> accomplish and to and to defeat and not let life uh get you down you know so just that good energy and uh yeah be grateful all right now let's get into today's topic i'm gonna get into the sticky icky of this ooey gooey stuff that we call life so my friend here, Sophia, is black and Puerto Rican. Her mom is black and her dad is Puerto Rican. And so today we're going to just kind of take a journey through the things that you think about in today's climate and being of two different races, one being black and how that affects you, how you identify and just like kind of the mental journey through that while navigating the waters of everything that's going on in today's, you know, climate, you know, you have the police killings, um, you have Ahmad Aubrey, you have Breonna Taylor, and I, you have George Floyd, like countless others. I know that here, even just, you know, locally in the Bay Area, there's been um, two or three different um, police shootings just since, you know, all of this started. And it's, I know for me, it's just really crazy to see all these things happening in the midst of all these things happening. You know what I mean? Like, first it was um, George Floyd, and then you hear about this kid in Oakland, I mean, in Vallejo, and then you have the protesters that are getting, like, it's just like, how do you not stop in, in the moment and as a police officer and say, you know, this is what's going on. How do I not make myself another murderer? Right. So in the midst of all that, that's a whole nother conversation that we'll have another day. But yeah. <laughs> in the midst of all that, um, I just really want to talk to you about, you know, being black and being Puerto Rican and that identity and, you know, kind of what's going through your head right now. Um. So tell me, tell me how you, tell us how you feel about your, you know, your racial identity. What does it mean to you? 
What does it mean to be black? What does it mean to be Puerto Rican? What does it mean to be both? Um, it's been a journey. So now how, how my mindset is with it now is it's something completely different from what it was growing up. And I'm, I own it. I own both. And it took me a long time to be able to do that because, um, can I ask you, um, sorry, um, how do you identify yourself, like, for yourself or other people? How do you identify your race? Group mix? Just mix, mm-hmm. unless someone asks, and then, you know, get a little specific, but um, just mix, because yeah. I've, I've embraced both sides as individual cultures, um, and I love both. And I can't, and that's, that's why I think a struggle for a lot of mixed people. Like you can't say one or the other. Sometimes you feel like one more than the other, but deep down you just doesn't feel right to pick. Um, but growing up, it was tough not knowing that I shouldn't be trying to pick or I, you know, it's one or the other. And if I, Say I identify with black. I'm gonna fear that. Am I gonna lose my Puerto Rican side? Am I gonna lose what's true about that culture, or vice versa? If I embrace the Puerto Rican side more, am I gonna lose the part of me that's black and that culture? And so that was always my fear. And um, because I'm missing something from both sides, like I don't speak Spanish, and if anyone knows a Puerto Rican or just knows about Puerto Ricans, they're very we're very proud of our culture and being able to speak Spanish and I can't. So that kind of hurts me a little bit on that end. And then, you know, on my African American side, you can't really tell that I'm even African American by looking at me. Um, unless you just know me or you've heard me talk maybe or, or something like that. So, and I have that against me just because I'm so different, but everything that's happening in the world still affects me the same as I think anyone who is just black. And for anyone to say that that's not right, wouldn't be fair. Yes. That's, this is why I wanted to have this conversation. Cause I'm like, I, I was sitting there and I was just thinking about, it. I was like, you know, there's gotta be a lot of people who are struggling with their self identity and like who they are and what, what should I be doing and what part do I play in this? Because, um, you know, just from looking at me, like you said, people who just look at you may not know that you're black. Um, so how do you think, how have you been trying to cope and just reconcile mentally what's happening right now and where you fall into that? Um, I struggled with it pretty early where, because I, I do have black family and I have a lot of cousins and my brothers and I fear for them because if that's what's happening, you know, black men being targeted and I know we said that's a whole nother conversation, but, um, my brothers look a little bit more black than I do. Yeah. I was going to say they look, they look closer to black. Yeah. Yeah. And of course my friends and, and other people, and I do fear for everyone, but obviously it hits home when you're part of that everyone in a direct way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's why I say it's not fair. If anyone, 
or to be like, well, you're not actually black or you're not whatever level of black that it can't, it's not supposed to affect me in a way that's good enough. Have you so, been, have you been told that? Like whether now or you, um, in, you know, growing up like that you're not black enough or that you're basically, you're not entitled to feel hurt and feel the anguish because you're only partially black, which, which really does not make, you know, look any kind of sense because they don't care if you got a drop, you are, you, to them, you are still a nigga. That's all they care about. You're still black. I'm still very clearly a minority. Yes. So, um, and I think the reason why that just kind of hit me a little hard there is because not a lot of people know how real the the effect is on a day-to-day basis. Like, yeah, I'm not 100% black. I don't clearly look black, but I am a minority. And maybe some people do think I'm black. And I get that prejudice, like, a lot, pretty often. And you can just see it, how people... When they find out who you are, when you have a Caucasian boyfriend and they find out who you are to him, you can just see their reaction, you know, just not like, oh. Does it feel like judgment? Yeah, and it's just, you know, I get looks all the time and and I get treated differently. I'm, I'm an observer and I get treated differently too. So it's just like, I mean, I'm not putting myself on anyone else's level. We all have our own um, experiences, but... Um, I feel all of those effects, you know, and I feel like I'm saying this to help defend a lot of mixed people out there because I'm sure it happens a lot in their life where it's, you have that struggle. Which one do I pick? Can I have both? But I'm not, you know, enough for both. And I put that in quotes. Um, so it's tough because you're fighting adversity in every, from every angle. Mm-hmm. Um, just like everyone else, but on your own level. And, you know, um, when you said that, it made me go back to my affirmation. And a part of that was, I am more than enough. And it's not necessarily related or said in my terms is the same way it may be for you. Because, you know, you, that may be more related to, I'm more than enough Black. I'm more than enough Puerto Rican. For me, it's a little bit of a different, you know, I'm only Black. But so, so it's, I don't have that, that, that line that I need to define that I am more than enough. Um, but that's why I feel like those things are so powerful. Like saying, speaking your affirmations out loud, because to tell yourself that you're more than enough in whatever it is that you want to be, um, or that you are is so freeing to be able to, um, no, even in the face of that judgment, like you said, when your Caucasian boyfriend introduces you and you get that judgment, and you're like, you know what? I see you. I see the side eye, boo. But you know what? I'm more than enough, so it's good. Yep. It, it makes it easier to, to... And I also don't want to say accept it because that's nothing you should... Those little microaggressions are not things that you should accept. But it makes it easier to deal with and address in a fashion that somebody else can actually receive. Right. If that makes sense. And you just don't allow it to break you down because... Um, if you hold on to all of that and you don't make sure that you know that you're enough, then that can really mess somebody up. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's unfortunate. That's definitely unfortunate. But, you know, you, you, um, 
you swallow it and you move on and you walk away with your head held high or you stay in the situation with your head held high and um unfortunately it, it does kind of gets excused and ignored because if you say something oh gosh forbid if you say something mm. about anything racial as a minority crazy person here so yeah. it's like so you, it's like a lose-lose you either sacrifice and you suck it up or you get deemed a crazy person because you're trying to speak up for yourself. Yeah, because then you have attitude. Then you're the angry black girl. Then yeah, it's, it's just, oh, oh, are we pulling the race card again? Yeah. Ooh. Right. <laughs> yeah, and those conversations never end well. Right. Never end well. It's tough. Um, so let's talk about growing up with... Uh, two racial identities like how how was that what tell me about that journey growing up you know from childhood until now um it was not fun (laughs) (laughs) that struggle was not fun um you know we went to a extremely unrealistically segregated school like it was nuts (laughs) you're talking about high school yeah we we Um, literally had there was Africa. There were where only the black kids kicked it, and like you had like one Asian kid, one Mexican, and maybe and yep, yep. But we had the Puerto Rican girl, and maybe one or two white girls. Uh, actually, probably one white girl and one white boy, and those were the only people allowed in Africa. And then you had Mexico. You had the islands. You had um, well, you had Jockville, but that was like where all the jocks hung out. So that's not. Still, what what I mean, else was there? Racially segregated, but it's still segregated. And there were so many other the fishbowl, like literally. I I tell people about that now, and they're so shocked to hear that. I'm like, yeah, no, we used to kick it in Africa, and they're like, what? I was like, that's what we called where all the black kids were, and they're like, you, you serious? <laughs> right. <laughs> Thinking like we're when we were in it, like I'm sure it we'd just be like, felt okay, normal. Just what? Yeah, it that's just felt so normal. But now you think back to it and you're just like, that was terrible. And I say that from my point of view because I never felt 100% accepted there. Never. Regardless of whoever else was with, like, my friends, I, like, it just, I never felt 100% there. And because I'm not saying everyone there was racist but that's that battle that you have in you um where you're not telling yourself you're enough and you're like oh yeah i'm mixed so they're not trying to fuck with me like that or whatever but then my other side where am i supposed to go there's not like a puerto rican group yeah. if i don't speak spanish i can't go hang out with the mexicans so it was just always feeling halfway accepted in there and I just felt like we should have never had it segregated like that. Like, it's absolutely insane. Even when my brothers went, they went mm-hmm. before I did. It was the same way. Um, I think maybe I I knew a few people who went there, after, you know, years after. And I think maybe five or six years after we graduated is when they stopped really calling it Africa. And that was no longer where oh, only the black. Yeah. Like that. And we graduated in 20, uh, 2007. So, I mean, just six, five, six years after that, it's 2013. Like, mm-hmm. so it's not that long ago. I know we're not, no, we're old, not. but we're not that old. 
and I, you know, and it's crazy to hear you say that, that you, you really struggled with where do I belong? Because the Sophia I knew in school, um, and I can't even describe how close me and this girl were from, um, when we were in school from first grade all the way through graduation. Like I cannot describe how close we were. We were always at each other's houses. We were always together. If you saw one, you saw the other and everybody knew it. So I couldn't have, I never even saw any concern from you, any type of sign that that was something that you were dealing with. And I think that just speaks to the barriers and the defense mechanisms that we put up. Like you felt lost. Like that's crazy to me. And I think it really speaks to, um, how we are conditioned to suck it up. Suck it up. Yeah, basically <laughs> suck it up. <laughs> yep, suck it up and and act like everything is okay because I would have like, never guessed. But now I am who I am. And if that's not enough for you for any reason, you don't need to be in my life. And it's not rejecting everyone. It's not, you know, being a hothead and thinking everyone's after me or anything like that. It's just put good energy out there in the world. Why am I going to put good energy out there in the world and then allow negativity around me? So if you can't accept me on any level, then I really don't need to be around you a whole lot. So I guess in a way it's a different kind of barrier because I'm just making sure none of it is a part of my life and who accepts me for who and what I am, that's who's going to be in my life. And to where who's going to be on those people are going to be important to me. Um, so you could consider it a different barrier, but I just don't see any reason to allow negativity on purpose. I think, I think that, or me personally, I would describe that more as a boundary because I feel like setting boundaries is extremely important just for your your mental health. Because um, yeah. like you said, if you're if I'm trying to put out positivity and the only thing that I'm getting back is negativity, it just it's like a vicious cycle. It then starts to make it hard for you to put out that positivity, and then yeah. now look what I've turned into something that I don't want to be. So it's very important to always make sure to put boundaries and say, hey, this is what I expect and what I need and who I am. And you can accept it and you, or you could not. And if not, then we don't have to be enemies, but we probably won't be the right. best of friends. Whereas a barrier is more, I feel like, you feel like you have to protect yourself because of... Possible pain or hurt or... Yeah, possible. Or yeah, it's like whatever. it's a protection for, for so that you don't get hurt versus a protection for growth. Does that make sense? Ooh. Like, I feel like those are two different things. And that's perfectly phrased there. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that second one is extremely important because if you don't protect your peace, ooh, right. you'll go crazy. Right. I thought I was going to go crazy. With everything else going in the world. Right. There's just too much going on for me to not make sure that my sanity is intact because at any moment, again, the aliens are coming. And so we need to make sure that we have our brains. <laughs> my boyfriend would love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's all about the aliens. Man. Oh 
I mean, I don't know, but it would make sense. Like, like I don't necessarily believe in aliens, but it would not shock me at this point at all. Oh not even a little bit. Um, so have you had, um, any specific instances, memories or anything that you feel like helped shape how you think of yourself in terms of your racial identity in, um, or, or any instances where you feel like you were personally affected by racism? I can't see, and that's, I struggle with this in my own head trying to think of something that's on the same level as somebody else's experience to count it as a racial encounter. And I'm already, my mind's already going there, but, um, there's, everyone has their own level of things, but at this moment in time, I can't pinpoint anything other than what we talked about earlier with, you know, you get treated a little differently at the store. Um, whether they say hello to you, but they said hello to the person in front of you and you hear them say hello to the person behind you, maybe they're just not a consistent employee. Maybe it's because of the way I look. Who knows? Um, I don't always like to say that's what it is, but sometimes you just feel it. Mm-hmm. And you get that feeling and you just know. So, and unfortunately, this, uh, I'm in a really red state here. Hmm. So... I was just about um, to ask you what it would I yeah. feel like I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask anyway so that I don't sound stupid. What is the racial makeup of your area of Arizona? So where I'm at west of Phoenix, it's going to be different from Phoenix and then eastward, but there are a lot of Hispanic and um, a lot of Caucasian. You can see, uh, you see sometimes a few African American people around, um, but that's just my little bubble uh, here in Goodyear, kind of Glendale, Avondale, um, kind of little area, which that's similar to like Campbell, Santa Clara, San Jose. Okay. They're all a little cluster. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like that little vibe. It's a couple of little cities in there too, but. Um, a lot of Hispanic, a lot of Caucasian. You, every now and then you see African-American. What you don't really see on this side of the, t- um, the state. It's, I keep saying which half because it is a thing. Like West Valley, west of Phoenix is something completely different from East Valley. Like the vibe. So I have to keep splitting it because apparently West Valley, since it's like a newer area, it's like a lot of like senior homes and where they have the fancy golf resorts and stuff, like a retirement city kind of thing. And then there's like a ranch or like there's a bunch of cattle or there's like a cornfield or a cotton field. Like, so it's a little bit of a mix. And um, that is not at all how East, like this of Phoenix is. It's like full city. There's Scottsdale, which is like the Beverly Hills of uh, Arizona and just a lot of more upscale stuff going on. But um, so wait, do you live in the country? You don't really see it on the side is a lot of Asian and Indian. Mm. But they can just all be from Phoenix eastward. You know, and you know, and when you over there, I don't know. When you said that, um, first, do you are you telling me you live in the country? 
Is that are you no. you live on a farm? Is that what you're telling me that you get up and no, milk cows in the morning? Not at all. That's what I'm saying. Like the cities are developing, so there's still a lot of open lands, and um, but sometimes some of them are like right smack in the middle of like you're passing a like a small little plaza with a mom and pop kind of restaurant in it or something, and then. There's an intersection, and then all of a sudden you get, like, a cotton field. And then there's another <laughs> intersection, and then it's, like, a bunch of apartments. So it's, like... They're still building. somewhere you're at. There's, like, a giant super target down the street, and there's, like, a huge cornfield and cotton field behind it. So it's, like, target and farming. So it's a little bit of both. That is... I couldn't... Well, I am definitely a city girl. Like, I can't even imagine... Like, to me... The country, the country is like, Morgan Hill is the country to me. Okay. Like you drive down, you drive down 101 and you just see pasture on both sides and hills. Sometimes I see cows. We have cactus. We don't have those. You know, you know why you have cactus? Because they only survive in hell. That is why you guys have cactus because it's too damn hot. And we have palm trees too, okay? Huh. No, um, it's not country. You're stupid. <laughs> I'm a city girl too. I'm born and raised the same place you were. So I. Yeah, but apparently you can deal with heat. Mm. Yeah, that's, it is what it is. You just have to wear the right attire. Make sure if you're going to be outside for a while, it's in a pool. Or stay your ass inside. It's not like anyone's going out on a picnic. Or no, a never. Season. You're never. <laughs> you want to go on a picnic? Have you lost your damn mind? Do you know it? Look, it is 102 at 8 o'clock at night. We ain't going nowhere. You better picnic in your living room with the AC on. That could happen, actually. 102 at 8. See? Dumb. Dumb temperatures. I do want free chicken. You what? I want free chickens. You want or you own? You want or you own? I want three chickens, two dogs, and a cat. You know, once <laughs> I said I wanted to get a dog and name him Turtle Chicken Duck because he's none of those things. <laughs> Your story. <laughs> Your story just reminded like me of that. You don't like chickens? <laughs> I like to eat chicken. Yeah, I had some chicken for lunch today. My mom fried some chicken. I reheated that, throw, threw some Louisiana hot sauce on there. I was, I was in yeah. seventh heaven. Um, <laughs> uh, so I got we I got so thrown off. I got distracted by total chicken duck. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about uh, the demographic. I know this is really bad, but I, we all just, because my boyfriend's family moved out here too, his mom and his sister and his brother-in-law. So it was new for all of us. And we're all from San Jose and all that. So um, it was weird because we were so used to seeing Asians all the time and sometimes Indians. And um, when we got here, we didn't see any. And then we started to realize like, wait, are there any over here? Because, like, maybe I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time right now. But then it was all the time. And then this is probably going to sound bad, but then when we did see someone who was Asian or Indian, it would be like, a, look, they are here. Like you like, found a unicorn or so something? It was 
getting a lot more mixed, which can be really good, especially in a red state. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, when I think of Arizona, the first two races that I think of are white and Mexican. And I would think that it would be predominantly white. You should actually put Native American up there because there's a lot of reservations here as well. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. And there's a lot of Native American reservations here in Arizona. So they're definitely up there too. But they're in more remote areas, which are not on this side of the state. They're somewhere else. And if they are, it's like hours away. So um, you don't really see them too much where I'm at. But I did work, you know, I worked for the bank. And uh, when I used to be at the branch, a lot of them would come in and cash their reservation checks. So it's definitely a lot of Native Americans, too. Yeah, again, never would think of, and I don't know why, because I feel like that makes a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But it's just not something that ever, like, dawned on me, you know? Right. And I think it really has it's so not- much to do with the fact that, like, we're, um, we're taught to, I don't think we're taught to see outside that box. Like you, you're, we're taught to see inside of this bubble. Um, you know, all the things that you learn in school and all the, this quote unquote history, um, we think it within that. And from what, I don't want to say what I remember of school, because I mean, I remember a lot, you know, obviously the history that we're all taught and everything, but I always felt like it was always a, a black thing or a white thing in school like that's the history that we learn and so to even think about you know these yep. other cultures and things it's being in these horrible. areas it's like it's a second second not second nature for me and it's just so crazy it makes me want to do more work on me and like opening and expanding well it's just mind. horrible that it's not in the schools like that too much you know it, it should be in the history classes and things that we grow up with and it's not unfortunately no, we just get that watered down, rewritten history, mm-hmm. which is again a whole nother topic. <laughs> uh, so to circle back around a little bit to race um, and I, racial identity, um, do you think that um, you've had to downplay or hide, quote unquote hide? I don't know hide is right the the best word. Downplay is probably the better description. Um, one race for the other to to be accepted or do you feel like you're able to fully live in both? So I like, just make sure you put the right hat on for the situation that you're in. Um, when I was younger, yeah, I felt like I needed to make sure, you know, I wore that hat, the hat that said I'm black, you know, um, because with the way a couple of family members were, I felt like I needed to because it was one of those things. It's like, oh, well, you're not quite there. You're not really like us kind of thing. So I felt like I needed to prove something. Um, But as I got older, I'm just like, if that's how you're going to keep feeling about me, your own blood, then it is what it is because I'm still me. So I'm going to do what I need to do. Um, With, my Puerto Rican side, when I put the hat on that said I'm Puerto Rican today, <laughs> uh, I, 
sometimes kind of felt like I needed to then too, depending on what family members I was around, just because I don't speak Spanish. And there was some bad blood back when our parents were younger. So um, I felt like I needed to just make sure I was on my P's and Q's and um, try to learn you know, I try to stay confident. I'm like, yeah, I don't know Spanish. That's okay. I'm still here. I'm still family. But I still try to, like, learn just because I felt like that was that part that was missing where they can say, well, you're not quite there, you know. But now I have wear my hat is that I'm Sophia now. So there, it's not either either one now. I'm yes. Who I am. You kind of touched on, like, two other questions that I was going to ask you. Um, no, 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 no. That's good. It means that this is flowing perfectly. Um, what See, the first, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, the first one is, do you ever think of your two races as separate identities, which I think you kind of just, you know, answered or I touched on. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I embrace both as it's each its own. Um, but I know I'm comprised of both of those things. So it's like they, they're separately together or they're together separately. <laughs> I like that. Separately together. <laughs> um, and then the, the other question was, you know, being biracial, like you said, especially inside of a family, um, can be really difficult because you can not be enough of one thing for one side and still not be enough for the other thing for the other side. Um, so have you ever had to have those uncomfortable conversations with family about, you know, your racial identity or have you ever had to check somebody in your family about racism and it being directed at the other side of your family? And how do you approach that? Um, it's tough because it's, and this isn't an excuse for acceptance, but it's a different culture. And I can only speak for my specific Puerto Rican family. I'm not speaking for all of them. It's just a different culture where you come from, your personality, how you interact with people. Um, and on the black side, and again, I'm talking about my family. Um, it didn't always mesh well. Uh, was just personalities. Like, I don't, I can't speak and say if it, if there is any racial things, but I think sometimes people get offended because there's a culture difference mm. and something would be misunderstood and not talked about and not discussed and you're just upset. And then it just continues and continues until it just creates this gap. It's got to feel like you're in the middle. Um, it's tough because you only get to hear one side of the story. Um, and so you don't know if you should just believe it or let it be not your burden because you're a kid or just kind of accept it for what it is because that's how it is and that's how it's always been. And don't get me wrong. There was a lot of both sides of my family that absolutely clicked and get along and stuff. But then there was a good chunk and a good enough amount who didn't. And, um, I have, I love my cousins, you know, and my aunts and my uncles, everyone, and my grandma. And, um, 
but the personalities just don't always mesh. And so you don't have that tightness of being family members. And I think it's something just that's been embedded since childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's accepted to be that way. We don't dislike each other, but we, we're not as close as a lot of families are. And, but when we get together, we're, you know, hey, oh my God, how you doing? You know, and it's all friendly and it's nice. But it's just accepted that that's just the kind of distant relationship we have. Um, and same thing with my other side. Both sides, actually, are just like the same kind of thing. Um, but I'm sure, you know, that's just my experience, though. Do you think it's more of a, a, a cultural thing? Or do you think it's more of a, a personality is behind um, the reason? I, I think those things go all together because... <laughs> I feel like your culture helps form a portion of your personality or maybe all of it. And it, it falls into stereotypes too, which are from fact, it's from what is the most commonly seen or heard or done. Um, not everyone, it doesn't mean everyone does the same thing, but um, some of the culture falls into some of the stereotypes that are out there. And just with that level of, pride for who you are and what you are it just gives you more of that like bang for your buck personality um and then just with a culture who is very proud and very honest and and just blunt and real and some who prefer to just not be so bluntly honest or not be so out out there and outgoing so it, I think they all go hand in hand. Yeah. And also, I mean, if you think about it, like the black people that I know, myself included, and the Puerto Rican people I know, yourself included, you know, in both of those, those are two very, very proud cultures and very um, dominant cultures. And so it can be hard when you have two proud and dominant cultures mixing together like there's bound to be some type of clash somewhere yeah friction somewhere but I mean being able to even just say hey you know what this person may not be for me and it it, I think the important part is that if that that sentiment is not based on simply their racial identity and I think that's where um you have to find that middle ground. And I don't know. I, I, I'm just black. <laughs> so like, I, it just, it's, it's fascinating to me to like, th- even think about like what kind of journey of who am I figuring out who am I that has to be for somebody who is more than one race, yeah. especially a race yeah. that has to, such dominant and um, strong cultural ties mm-hmm. which is a great thing like I, I i don't want that to sound like it's a bad thing i think the strength that black people and puerto rican people show is insane and should be highly praised well and a lot of times they do get along because a lot of people say puerto rican is a black race as well and sometimes it does it works out great for people um it just specifically people that I have around me, but and it's it's not that one is wrong and the other is wrong. It's just 
it doesn't mesh. Um, but I hope for like a lot of mixed race people, and I'm sure a lot already have like perfectly fine like identity issues, like normal identity issues. Maybe they don't have that line so divided growing up that they have to feel like they pick, that they have to pick. So I hope that for any mixed race person because it's it's not a fun journey. And it's it's really hard. A lot of people have identity issues for one way or another. Um, and just for a mixed race person to have to feel like they have to choose part of who they are over another, I hope that just doesn't happen anymore. I hope that line can just be erased and people don't even have to be concerned with that. Like, I'm so over race being a thing. Like, this is ridiculous to me. Right. I know that's probably a whole other topic, but... Hey, we got topics on topics on topics, though. That just, just lets <laughs> pile them up. It's a thing. So, have you ever done one of those ancestry tests? No. Um, I kind of don't want to. I know. I feel the same way. I went through that journey and that struggle already with my race. If I do a test and they tell me some other crazy mess that I have to try to figure out in my life, I don't want to go through that again. Why open Pandora's Um, box? No, um, I don't know. I've just never really been interested in, in doing one. I know um, we're also also partly Native American. My mom's parents and grandparents uh, were Native American. But for some reason, there's no records in the family. And no one's 100% sure. Well, you know every black family but, got some Indian in them somewhere, boo. But no, like or so they say. Dad, was Native American. Okay. Like, okay. Um, but for some reason, they're like, yeah, we think we're Cherokee. Like, what do you mean you think? I like, kind of remember that growing up. My answers, but how many drugs did you do back in the day? You can't remember what, <laughs> what Native American you are. I kind of um, remember that going back when we, were, uh, when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am not sure. I kind of want to do one, but then I kind of don't because it's like, I think I'll end up eventually doing one, but probably later on down the line where I'm ready, like I'm mentally prepared to tackle whatever comes with those results. Because um, I don't think I'm there yet. But you know what? It could be a good thing too, because it can open up a whole new world for somebody. Oh, I hope. You That's know? what I hope. Because I mean, the main reason that I want to do it, I don't remember... Did we have the same teacher in fifth grade? Who was my fifth grade teacher? Miss Messier. Uh, she was your homeroom. Yeah. I have a with my homeroom. Yeah. Do you remember the the um, <laughs> project that we had to do on our culture? Like you had to do, um, one year it was a state. You had to pick a state, and then the next year it was a country. And you had to do wherever you were from, like wherever your your lineage is from. And I remember. Oh going to my mom and my dad and asking them like what am i and all my mom gave me was you're black girl you're black that's that's all we know (laughs) and so i went to my teacher and i remember like actually feeling some type of way about that and this is in fifth grade i would i felt some type of way about it in that moment when she responded but i was like okay whatever and then um i went to my teacher and i was like look i don't know my mom told me i'm black and that's it 
she don't know more than that. <laughs> and so she let me pick any country in Africa. And I picked Ethiopia. I have no idea why. But um, I remember when everyone was presenting, like, their cultures and, like, where they came from. Like, I remember feeling, like, this sense of, like, where do I belong? Like, what am I? And still to this day, I have no answer to that question. I'm just black. It doesn't, it doesn't go beyond that. So it would be, I do want to eventually um, take a, one of those tests, especially, and it will be a African ancestry test. Like, I know I'm black, so I don't need you to tell me I'm 100% black or whatever. So you know my mom, right? <laughs> she took the um, 23andMe test. I had one of those and I never took it. What did it, what did her, what? Apparently, unless they mixed her results with someone else's results. What? It didn't have any African American on there. That doesn't make any sense. You know my mom. Right. So what did it say? (laughs) She's not African American. But, but. It was like all types of different like Caucasian races and countries down there. I think they switched. Yeah, they had to. Because that don't make no dang sense. See, and that's exactly why. That is exactly why I don't want. There could be different options. Yeah, that is exactly why I don't want to take the white man's test. I want to take the black man's test. And you really break this down. Like, because I wish I. And see, that's what I'm saying. If I get something back that says I am not even black. Really? You owe me a redo. Because look at me. Yeah. That's crazy. That's hilarious. I can just imagine her opening the test like, wait, what? It was weird. Yeah. She was about to believe it. I'm like, no, mom. <laughs> Did she call you panicking? <laughs> yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> she wasn't panic, but she was like confused. Like, I don't get it. I don't think she tried to like reach out or anything. I think it was kind of like, oh, we did it. Whatever. It didn't work. We just kind of left it alone. But... That's crazy. Your mother is definitely black. <laughs> um do you have if you could go back and give young Sophia any advice about how to navigate this journey of self-identification and acceptance um what would you what advice would you give fuck everybody yo I fucking love that I fucking like I think that is the advice that Yes. Who cares? I think that's the advice that we all need to go back and give our younger selves. Yeah. Because it'll save a lot of fucking time. <laughs> a lot of time. Because kids are brutal. They're Dude. brutal. Like, they really try to break you down. And it can for some people. So, fuck them. Um... I think now would be a good time, unless you have anything else to add, because I feel like this was an amazing conversation. I had so much fun. Um, but I think now would be a good time to move on to our giggles section. All right. Um, the giggle section is just, you know, a section to give a short, uh, funny story. Do you have one for us today? <laughs> Man, I don't know how funny it's going to be, but I think it's adorable. 
Okay. I think everyone liked it. So my boyfriend, he's Caucasian. We touched on that earlier. And he's just the nicest person and loves kids. And um, my two youngest nieces um, have met him several times. Absolutely adore him. And he loves them. And um, every time I call my mom <laughs> and she tells them that um, she's talking to me, you can hear their little squeaky voices in the background. Where's Wes? My boyfriend's name is Wes. <laughs> or, hi, Auntie Sophia Wes. Like, it's all one name. It's Sophia Wes. <laughs> you no longer matter. Or you only or, matter in relation to Wes. Yeah, it's like I got replaced. He absolutely loves it. And it's just, it cracks me up every time. I think it's really adorable. Because they're like five and four. Aww. So, yeah. I was like, that's probably because you're the first white guy they've ever seen. <laughs> They're intrigued. You know, these white eyeballs. So it's like a cartoon. No, They're intrigued. They're like, who is this man? Yeah. No, but uh, it's it's really adorable. It's great to see, especially being mixed race. They're mixed race. And to embrace someone completely different because you don't know it at that age. Mm-hmm. It's taught mm-hmm. through society. You know, and it's so pure, and I just, I love it. It's cute if you hear it, so I thought it was funny, but. It just it's it puts a, a nice little smile on your face, a nice little cheese moment. I love it. That's cute. Yeah, and I've seen the pictures of those girls. They're adorable, so that's even better. Yeah. Um, and then our, our highlight section. This week we are, um, not this week, today. Um, I want to bring attention to not only black women owned businesses, but women of color owned businesses. So regardless of race, just as long as you're a woman of color, if you have a business that you would like to um, have highlighted on the show, please, please, please send me a message. You can email me. You can send me a message on um, Instagram or Twitter. Um, I'd love to feature you in this section because I think it's really important that we support each other and we uplift each other. Uh, it does not have to be specifically cannabis-based business, but that, you know, it's always great. Um, so with all that said, today's uh, highlight is Jazzy Snacks. It's a, <laughs> right, right, right. That is Sophia's cousin. Um, it is a cannabis ancillary business. She sells edibles, including brownies, bread loaves, and mini chocolate pudding pies. Medicated mini chocolate pudding pies. <laughs> she hooks it up, man. Like, yo. I, no words. <laughs> no words. cereal bars are bomb. And she got a strawberry rice krispie treat. Ooh. You know, some of my favorite things in the world are... Rice Krispies. It's bomb. Man. And then we, so you put them together and I'm just happy. Uh, She has gluten-free options. She has CBD only options. Uh, You can buy some jazzy butter and have fun in your own cannabis kitchen. So you can find her on Facebook. Search for Jazzy Snacks. That's J-A-Z-Z-Y space snacks. S-N-A-C-K-Z. I was searching with an S and it did not work. So make sure it is S-N-A-C-K-Z. Uh, she is located here in the Bay Area, but she does ship 
Check her out. Let her know bluntly black girls told you to come get medicated. You have anything to add to that? Uh, I think that was a pretty good shot. How do you, what do you... Yeah, no, yeah. that was phenomenal. I hit all uh, the I hit all the points, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she has a couple like merch too, you know, some coffee mugs and, and koozies, but I just want to, you know, give her a shout out for this business because it's been booming since she started. She actually started it during the COVID-19 lockdown uh, out there in the Bay Area and it's just exploded and it's fantastic. She's really um, putting all of her in that. So it's just like, it's a great product to have because you have someone behind it who's really putting their all into it. It's not, you know, a half-assed job. So shout outs to you, Miss Jazzles. And I absolutely love that. I'm all here for any um, women, women-owned businesses, but especially women of color-owned businesses because we don't get the opportunities that we are deserved. So we go out them and make our damn selves. And so anybody who's doing that, I, you deserve a round of applause, a salute, uh, right? All of those good things, all the accolades that you can get, you deserve all of that yes. black girl magic. All right, it is about that time, lady. It's about time to get ready to wrap up this smoke session. Um, I feel like that was definitely a conversation that needed to be had with a blunt or two or three. But um, double bong rips, right? All, all of that. Um, but it was fun, and I feel like it gave me a little bit more insight to you, which I think is absolutely crazy after knowing somebody for what, 24 years that you can still find out new information about them is just, yep. it just shows you how complex humans are. So the um, way that I like to end the show is with a random ass question, because you know, when you're high, you'd be thinking about random ass shit. And so I just write it down and then. I never write it down. That's good that you write it down. I, it took me a while to train myself to to remember to write it down because I'd just be zoned out thinking about shit. And then like five minutes later, it's like, wait, what? How did we get here? <laughs> so I, I've trained myself to write it down. So you're going to pick a number between four and 20. wonder where I got that from. Uh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I will ask that question. Um, now, my listeners, my highness queens out there, if you would like to add a question to the random ask question list, please just, again, send me a message, an email, a tweet, a bird pigeon letter, something. Get in touch is what I'm saying. And we will add, your, we will <laughs> add your question to the random ask question list. So, Sophia, pick a number between 4 and 20, please. Um, question 11. If you woke up tomorrow and you can do literally absolutely anything for a day, what would it be? Hmm. Oh my God, this is going to be so bad. (laughs) I just want tacos. <laughs> that is how you know she is really from California. That is exactly how you know she is really from California. For some tacos out here. 
It is. I there's there's so many memes about California people and their tacos, especially some tree tacos, the ones you get after the club at like two o'clock in the morning on the on the corner of the bar. Oh man, them tacos are good. Oh man, the parties. Oh yeah, man. Like you try to do them at home, it's just not. It's not the same. They don't. They don't have the right. The tacos aren't right out there. Um, I just haven't found the right places. There's not a lot of little spots. Um, where it's like you can pass by it and easily see one. There's literally Um, a taqueria on every corner of San Jose. Right. And it's not like that here. Uh, Same thing with sushi spots. There's, you gotta go find them. Um, Well, because it's too damn hot for the sushi to survive. It is not. They just, they they probably just melt. You know what they do? Even the rice probably just melts. Do you eat sushi? No. Quiet. I knew you were gonna say no. That has also um, not changed. But no, so we moved out here August 2018. It is now June 2020. I just found a Mexican spot that has like lengua tacos and like the best carne asada fries, like the legit spot that you want. And it's around the corner from my apartment. <laughs> I just found it. So, because it's like tucked away and down the street with a bunch of schools and churches. Is it it's like it, 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 they need to put it out in the middle of them cornfields that y'all got so everybody could see them? And then it's like in a corner and it's behind a bunch of trees. <laughs> and it's like right after a Sonic drive in. So it's like you just pass right at Sonic. You're not going to be looking at behind the trees to see something else. So it was like virtually impossible to find. And I'm very upset because I'm moving. Because we are going to be closing out a house, moving out July, the end of July. And now I'm going to be, like, almost an hour away. I was going to say, is the house far? <laughs> like, you just found it. <laughs> that was, like, 35 minutes, maybe. Um, but that still is pretty far to go for some tacos. Not around the corner. Right. I know. Literally, but I could like, walk to a taco spot. I could walk to, like. To, you can find, like, a decent Mexican spot, but no one's going to have lingua. Yes, I like my language. I was going to say, I, doesn't, I don't have that problem. I love my language tacos. No. But anyways, I found it, so I'm going to take advantage of it while I'm here. And probably get tacos on Friday. Did you do like a little dance when you, you realized that it was good tacos? Because, you know, there's tacos, and then there's good tacos. And then there's great tacos. They were great tacos. Yeah. See, and yeah. the best chilaquiles I ever had, which is like... Uh, see, I don't eat chilaquiles because I don't eat egg. I still don't eat egg. I know. My life is so hard. Do you know how hard it is living a life where you don't eat egg? You don't eat a lot of breakfast, let me tell you. It's terrible. Yeah. I also don't eat avocados. My life is hard. You're from California. I know. I'm a disappointment. It's a texture thing. Also a taste thing. They're nasty. They taste funny. What about guacamole? It's mixed with a bunch of other stuff and no. it's mushed. And you put it on a chip. No. No? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that's a pretty I think that's a pretty solid plan for your day of do whatever I want in the world. Eat tacos. Yeah. That's yeah. I like it. <laughs> so, um, 
where can the people find you if they wanted to talk to you and be your friend? But just realize, people, that she's my friend first. <laughs> That's always been a thing. <laughs> See? I know, right. <laughs> I tell people all the time, like, I don't have many, so I'm very possessive <laughs> over my friends. Mine. Yeah, my germs. I just told a queen of the same thing the other day, and she was like, you're crazy. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, so tell um, the people where they can find you. Uh, my Instagram, I'm not very active, but, you know, things are changing soon, so I might be doing some stuff on there. But it's, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it yet because it's just a bunch of letters, but it's like a Somasa 89 because it's the first two initials of all three names. So S-O-M-A-S-A-89 on Instagram. Um, look me up on Facebook, too. I, I have always what? wondered what the hell that meant. So I don't know how to pronounce it. I haven't decided. No, I think Samasa is good. I think that's okay. good. I like it. <laughs> kind of just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, so again. The names are. You get Sophia. It's the only one you get. And right. You, you say don't... anything. No, right. I had to sit here and think. I had to remember. I'm not going to lie. I had to don't remember. Think about it. You don't even and, need to think about and I rem- it. But I, I do know that <laughs> I remember you because it was you, Tatiana, and Catherine that all had three names. And I just had two. And I always <laughs> felt so left out. And so I always said I that. Have four names. Well, first two middles and a last. Well, I'm yeah, not talking about last names. I'm sorry. Um, oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. I always said, and I still feel this way. When I have kids, they will have two middle names because I didn't, and that wasn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, but I, I distinctly remember you, Tatiana and Catherine. I used to hate y'all because you guys had more <laughs> names than me. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah. That's how you can find her. Um, IG, again, that is Samasa89, S-O-M-A-S-A-89, or on Facebook at Sophia Canty. Um, it sounds like we did a whole-ass show. We did. Yeah. It was really good. This is really fun. I'm so happy this we did this. was a lot of fun. I feel absolutely honored to be invited to be on the show um, to kind of allow people in to what the struggle is like. Um, yeah. I think it's important to talk about these things. So I'm glad you're doing this. I'm glad I get to be a part of it. Hopefully I get to come back. Definitely. Uh, for, for something else. But um, yeah, this has been great. So I just want to tell you, thank you first um, for taking this ride with me and uh, being so enthusiastic about it and really having a, you know, a really good time and being open to the ideas. Um, because... I, this definitely went better than I could have even imagined. So, thank you, Highness Queen Sophia. That's my name for that's my name for everybody. Everyone is a Highness Queen because we should all be high and we are all queenie. So I also want to say thank you to all my Highness Queens listening. I appreciate you more than you will ever know. Um, if you enjoyed the conversation today and would like to get lit with me again, please hit that su- subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast so I show up in your feeds. Um, If you would like to talk to Sophia, go follow her on IG or Facebook. If you would like to get in touch with me, um, our Instagram is at bluntlyblackgirls. Twitter is also the same. Email me at bluntlyblackgirls 
at gmail.com and uh, let me know what you thought of the episode and let me know if you want Sophia to come back because I know I do. You want to come back? <laughs> I'd love to come back. Yes. It's an honor. Yes. So give us all the love. Tell us what you think and tune in next time. Bye. Bye.